0: Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast, bringing gospel-centered clarity and insight to the whole person. Here you will find conversations about real issues that we face every day, and thoughts on how to move toward health in Jesus in the middle of those issues. Hosting today's podcast, Jeff Ballard and Ryan Berg, Soul Care Pastors at College Park Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast. We're excited. We're right between Thanksgiving and Christmas when this episode will air. And it's holiday time. So, Jeff, I've got three questions for you. All right. I'm ready. So, first of all, what's your favorite christmas
1: song my favorite christmas song of all time has got to be hark the herald angels okay i love that one okay uh special mention though to an album okay uh andrew peterson's behold the lamb of god christmas album yes is
0: amazing it's my favorite album overall okay so mine is less sanctified than yours yeah my favorite christmas song is uh i'll be home for christmas It just gets me in the feels every time. (laughs) And if we're mentioning an album, I will mention uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s Christmas album. Some of you may know him for playing Aaron Burr on Broadway in Hamilton. And he's a jazz singer, but it's just fantastic. He actually has two Christmas albums. I'm specifically referring to the first one. I don't remember when it came out. Yeah, But his version of I'll Be Home for Christmas is excellent okay i'm gonna have to check that out see if i get the feels yes too. i'm sure you will yeah. if you don't something's wrong with you jeff <laughs> so second question favorite christmas movie
1: and i i think i would have to probably go with home alone on this one okay. mainly because my kids love home mm-hmm. alone and i'm just just a family man i guess and and uh, love watching that But them although my kids will they'll watch that in like july oh sure so it's not christmas movie in the sense that we only watch it around christmas time but yeah yeah
0: so i agree almost okay my favorite home is home alone 2. oh yeah lost in new york i mean how great is it when he's in this house that's being renovated and he <laughs> comes up with all these great ways to take out the crooks who are trying to get him i love home alone Two, um and honorable mention i would say to um white christmas okay we watch it every year on christmas night like after all the gifts and christmas dinner and everything we sit down and watch white christmas nice have you ever seen it i don't think i have you've never seen he's looking at me like i don't know what that is no i know what it is i'm trying to think if i've
1: seen it i yeah i'm not a huge like old school movie person
0: jeff it's bing crosby right yes yeah bing crosby danny Kaye, rosemary clooney and I can't remember the other girl's name. I want to say Vera something. I don't remember. Anyway, it's excellent. The soundtrack is epic. Do the kids like it? Yeah, they they watch it pretty do well. They? I mean, Elliot's five, so like after a while, he's kind of done. But yeah. Sydney has uh, sat through it several times. Hmm. And, okay. But we used to do this in my family growing up too a lot on Christmas night. Uh, it was it's a tradition. Yeah. Okay. Last question favorite holiday memory favorite holiday
1: memory so i'm gonna go with a memory that sticks out Uh, this might sound strange that i don't know if i would say it's a favorite but it's the one that (laughs) sticks out the most in my mind from my childhood
0: the anticipation i know
1: drum roll please so i was probably maybe 11 12 years old something like that and my parents were super generous they always got my brother and i lots of gifts and I remember opening up the last of my gifts, and I said, is this all? Ugh. And I'm pretty sure my mom sent me straight to my room. <laughs> I mean, at the t- so I think what was going through my mind at that time, I think there was a particular gift I was oh, really right, wanting, Right. and I hadn't gotten it yet. And so I was hoping that last gift was that. Yeah. And when it wasn't, I was then hoping, maybe there's one more mm-hmm. somewhere. But obviously when that came out, I just sounded like a spoiled brat which i really was um yeah now if my one of my kids said that i would want to i shouldn't say this but i would want to slap them yeah i I wouldn't just so y'all
0: listeners know i wouldn't do that um so yeah that that memory really sticks Sticks out. out totally how about you yeah so for me um so i can't remember how old i was i was pretty young i don't know some of you listeners will probably instantly know the year when I say this, but this was the year after the original Nintendo Entertainment System came out. You remember the gray box with the flip-open door, and you have to blow in it yeah. every time the game's messed up or the whatever. Greatest video game the system. The greatest of all. video game yeah. system. So my sister and I had um, wanted one of these, and we had made it. Well known that we wanted one of these. Our friends had them. We had played at our friend. We, My sister and I had friends where... She, my sister is four and a half years older than me. And so she was friends with the older sister and this other family. And they were in the same grade. And then her little brother was in my class. And so mm-hmm. the four of us would hang out a lot. And they had the the original NES. And we wanted it so bad. And on Christmas morning, the last present that we opened... Or so we thought, foreshadowing. <laughs> the last present that we opened was the original Nintendo Entertainment System. And we lost our minds. <laughs> I mean, I think we were hooting and hollering, ripping that box apart as quickly as we could. We started hooking it up into the TV, and we realized, my mom said... Well, what are you going to play on it? Is there a game in there? And we looked in there, and there was not a game in the box. <laughs> I swear there was not a game in the box, because I remember the feeling of my heart sinking and being like, I have this useless piece of equipment. <laughs> what am I going to do with I this? I can't do anything. And then my mom said, and we didn't really like like do the whole Santa Claus thing or whatever, but I think she said something along the lines of, well, are you sure you looked everywhere around the tree? Like, did, did Santa, you know, maybe bring you anything else? And we went and looked, and she said, look under the tree. She said, look in the tree, like, Mm -hmm. in one of those, like, hint-hint ways. And we went over there, and I think there was, like, eight or ten games wrapped and stuffed in the tree. And, like, we were in heaven. Every time my sister—it was like a treasure hunt. Every time we would find one, my sister and I would scream and be so excited or whatever. (laughs) And then we spent pretty much, like, eight hours on Christmas Day playing the original— Legend of Zelda. Oh man. Remember it was gold? Oh yeah. The cartridge was gold. Oh, we played that game to death. So That's right. It was gold. Yeah. Seems so much cooler because it was gold. I know, right? So much better than the boring gray ones. Yeah. So I love Christmas. I'm a big Christmas guy. I think Jeff loves the holidays too. We haven't really talked about this yet. Yeah. I mean he's I guess there are people who don't he's medium about the holidays. (laughs) But we wanted to take a little bit of time today and talk about some of the ways in which the holidays can present real challenges for people. Um, We kind of thought about it. This is certainly not going to be like an exhaustive list, but we kind of thought about it in three categories. One would be um, relational difficulties that can sometimes come up at the holidays, Mm -hmm. especially with people that you tend to only see like once or maybe twice a year. Um, we talked about how the holidays are hard for some. Um, simply because they're alone. And that, and you know, everything you see on TV or hear on the radio is about togetherness for the holidays, and mm-hmm. that doesn't work for everyone. And then, thirdly, uh, which I guess is kind of tied to that one, is sometimes the holidays are hard because of loss. Um, I have an, an aunt who I love dearly who I rem- lost her husband not too long ago. And I remember having a conversation with her about what it was like. Um, for my uncle to be gone when the holidays rolled around and that was a special time for them. It was really hard. So we want to kind of talk about that just briefly today, maybe give some ideas for ways to, um, consider those challenges a little bit differently. So Jeff, let me start with the first one. So you're going to Christmas gatherings, you know, or Thanksgiving, you know, any holiday gathering, but definitely Christmas gatherings. All the extended family is there. There's a lot of excitement usually around that. But a lot of times, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about this over the years in the counseling office. A lot of times, those interactions don't necessarily go so well. Um, There are various reasons for this. But, I I mean, what what thoughts would you have on that or maybe, like, tips and tricks for how to navigate this? Well, I think there's a, a couple
1: ways this can be challenging. So one way is just, yeah, you've got extended family members who if you're honest, you really don't know this person. Maybe you see them once, twice a year. You know a little bit about their life. And yet, you know, part of our culture is we get together with family Mm -hmm. like that over Mm -hmm. the holidays. And sometimes it can be this awkward dynamic of we sort of pretend like we really know each other and we dance around Mm -hmm. the reality that we don't. Um, So that can be hard. Um, Then there's the other thing of you get together all these people who might have very different thoughts and perspectives on the world, on life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, politics, religion, all all the controversial things. And, um, that can be challenging too of, you know, how do I interact with these people who are very different? Maybe you've got people in your family who are very bold and brash about their opinions on Mm -hmm. things. And it's hard to, to know how to interact with that person. So, um, yeah, just a few thoughts. Um, one is to, um, and this is something we were talking about the other day, Ryan, you mentioned, I thought this was helpful, just have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. One of the things about the holidays, I think, that can create, make these challenges bigger is when we have idealistic pictures of what it's going to look like. Oh, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, I can't wait, it's going to be wonderful. And then reality is far from what we have in our minds. Yeah. So just having honest, realistic expectations about what that day is going to look like, what those interactions might be like, Mm -hmm. um, can really, can really help us. And what that helps us to do is to love these people in reality, rather than love a sort of a figment figment of our imaginations. So and then it, let, yeah, let me just yeah. say one thing,
0: because not doing that is setting both you and them up for failure. Yeah. Like you're going into it with almost like a totally unreasonable and unrealistic expectation that nobody's ever going to be able to meet you or them. Yeah. And so a more successful interaction comes from having reasonable expectations. Yeah. Yep, yep, Yeah.
1: One other thought is, you know, with, say with the extended family member that you really don't know very well. Um, one thing that can be helpful, I found, is just go into that day maybe with a, a goal to ask one or two questions mm-hmm. that might help you get to know them better. Yeah. I think that demonstrates love and care. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do want to know you. I don't want to play that game of pretending like we do and we really don't. Yeah. Um, so maybe even beforehand, think of a couple of questions that would help you get to get to know more about them, know about their, their daily life that you're not a part of for, you know, 364
0: days out of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think that you're, you're covering what I probably would have said too, but I always tell, I have people come in my office every year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, basically saying Thanksgiving didn't go so well but we're going to be with these people again at Christmas. We'll, you know, what do we do? How do we navigate yeah. this? And one thing that I, I have found to be consistently helpful, and I've had people kind of report back that this was helpful is actually prepare. Like a lot of times you just kind of, the holiday season is fun and enjoyable. But it's also really kind of a crazy schedule, right? And you're yeah. rushing about getting everything done and you don't think about or spend time preparing for what these interactions are going to look like. Mm-hmm. So like Jeff is talking about, come up with one or two questions like, like he mentioned earlier, have realistic expectations for these interactions. I tell people to prepare using the three L's, listen, learn, and love. So if you listen more than you speak, this is a good opportunity to practice the 80-20 rule, 80% listening, 20% speaking. Mm-hmm. You learn something about them that allows you to have kind of educated and and, and congenial conversation with mm-hmm. them. And then you love them well by having realistic expectations for them. So if you listen, you learn, and you love, and this takes prep work on the front end, a lot of times those tend to go a, a lot more smoothly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and about that prep work too, it it does require some intentionality, but it doesn't take a lot of time either. Like you said, the holidays can be really busy. Sometimes we can feel like we're frantically running around getting gifts or whatnot. Um, but it really, I would say it takes maybe ten, fifteen oh, yeah. minutes to just be thoughtful ahead of time going into
0: that day. Yeah. Um, I like that. No, Three L's. And, yeah, and one more thing for you: um, families that are going to have like multi-day like stays with extended family, I encourage you, mm-hmm. if possible. To have a debrief session with somebody that you trust. Now, I know this probably sounds crazy, but (laughs) it really helps. So, like, um, I had one couple that I met with once that said after day one, they kind of went back to the hotel they were staying at. And the husband and wife had a conversation with each other about, okay, so here's how my interactions went. Here's how my interactions went. Like, what do we need to do again? Take 10 minutes to prepare for the next day. And, like, that might sound a little like overkill, but I'm telling you, it will save you a lot of heartache. Yeah. So, yeah. Jeff, let's ask another question. What, what would we say to those who may be entering in the holidays not feeling super joyful and jolly about them? What would we say to those who the holidays are hard because they've experienced loss and the holidays remind them of maybe those who aren't with them anymore? Yeah. The first thing I would
1: say is... I'm so sorry. And and that's okay uh, to feel that way. Um, yeah, sometimes we feel like we have this expectation of, well, because it's the holidays, Christmas, we should be joyful mm-hmm. and we feel like we just have to like put on this face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say it's, it's okay. You have permission to feel the sadness of that loss mm-hmm. going into the holidays and just, um, yeah, feel the, the freedom to, express that where right. they're at. So that'd be the first thing. Yeah. Um, the second thing is might be a, an opportunity to actually press into what Christmas is really all about. Yes. You true. know, I mean, how many of us feel that, that tension, that pull of, of, you know, being pulled away from the true meaning of Christmas, right. what it's really about by all the cultural trappings of it. And sometimes loss has a way of, of, Focusing back on what's real, what's true, what's really most important. And, um, you know, what so what would it look like to engage in a Christmas Eve service, feeling that loss mm-hmm. and the heaviness of it, but being reminded of the hope of the incarnation, mm-hmm. of the truth of God with us. Yeah. Um, the love of God demonstrated in the sending of his son mm-hmm.
0: um, to become a human being. Yeah, I I think that's so uh, kind of right on point. Um, A lot of times when somebody is grieving in general, it feels hopeless and hopeless from the perspective of I, I can't foresee a future when I feel differently than I do right now at this moment. And that's okay. Like there's nobody's like trying to push you or force you out of that. Well, maybe they are and they shouldn't. But. What Jeff is talking about, I think, is a really helpful way to slowly but surely start the process of thinking about hope in other areas. Yeah. Um, I would recommend one book. Um, it's new I, I, either last year or maybe it's even new this year, but I've already started reading it just because I was curious. John Piper released a 25 day Advent devotional called, um, Good News of Great Joy. I believe it's called. And it really focuses on hope, the nice. hope, the hope for mankind when Jesus came into the world. Yeah. And I have found even, I think I've done like six days of it, just kind of reading through it ahead of time. Um, I have found myself really dwelling on the hope that came at that time more, you know, maybe a little bit more than I have in years past. Mm-hmm. One, um my friend Casey, who listens to this podcast, often says that he gets frustrated because Christmas gets more attention than Easter. And this book bridges that gap really well, yeah. I think, of... of yeah, Christmas was the beginning, and we should celebrate it and make it a big deal. But it's all leading to the culmination, yeah. which is what happened at Easter.
1: And I didn't realize Casey was such a big Grinch.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Just kidding, Casey. I we hope, love you, man. I hope he comments on this. <laughs> so, yeah, for someone who's experiencing loss, yeah. looking for hope in other areas, what I don't want to do is make somebody who's experiencing grief and loss feel like, well, just stop thinking about that and think about something. Like, that's not what yeah. I'm saying here. I'm just saying, like, it is an opportunity. Like you said, I think that's the right word. It's an opportunity to think about the hope for mankind that happened, you know, at Christmas, the the first Christmas. Um, And I think that's a really good way to kind of prepare for that. I would also recommend, like I said, with this book, don't, like wait till Christmas Eve and Christmas day, but be like doing something mm-hmm. during the whole Advent season yeah. to maybe kind of be focusing more on hope. Yeah.
1: So real tangibly, I mean, one of the the hard things about the holidays, especially when you've just lost somebody this year, I maybe mean, yeah. the year before is that, that first time of experiencing like the empty chair mm-hmm. at the Christmas dinner mm-hmm. table, or you're sitting around the tree opening presents and you know, so, and so is not here. Um, what things could you encourage or recommend for people who know that
0: that experience is coming for them? How can they handle that? Yeah. Um, so, so one thing I I think I'll say this as a, a kind of to preface my remark, um, when somebody's experiencing grief, now grief looks different for every person. It's a very personalized thing and you can't look at one person and say, Oh, your grief is supposed to look like this, your process that's a terrible way to care for someone grieving. But one thing that tends to happen, both the grieving person and those kind of surrounding them tend to want to like, um, get them out of a state of feeling sad. Like we, we don't want to do things that's going to keep you perpetually sad. I get that. I understand the impulse there, but sometimes that's a really healthy way to process emotion. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you mentioned that, the empty chair at the Christmas dinner table. I say, remember the person. Yeah. I say, spend some time remembering the great yeah. holiday memories that you have with that individual and praising God for the time that you had and what that looked mm-hmm. like. Don't be afraid of the emotion that comes from that. Yeah. Cause a lot of times something like that is going to give mixed emotion. You're going to experience sadness, but you're also going to probably experience a lot of joy in that yeah. remembering some of the good times. Yeah. So that's, that's one practical thing. Um, The second thing that I I usually encourage people to do is to think through um, if that person were here right now, what would they maybe want us to do or like encourage us to do or maybe even do themselves as far as serving someone else during this season? Mm -hmm. So I've I've heard a bunch of stories about this. I've heard someone. We go serve soup at the soup kitchen or we get some gifts and wrap them up and send them overseas to missionaries or uh, for less fortunate people. I've heard it uh, literally be like on Christmas Eve, go be the volunteer at the hospital or the nursing home on Christmas Eve because who's there on Christmas Eve? Right. So um, if if you think about it in a way of let me take this this sadness and turn it into a way of. Providing hope and joy for others that can be really yeah, helpful.
1: Yeah, love that. Love that. It's a way of both remembering that person and honoring right. the kind of person they were, right? And serving, serving right. other people too.
0: And if you think about it, that's like a built-in script for a Hallmark Christmas movie. Totally. Like. You could. I, I can see in my mind right now fifteen Hallmark Christmas movies that I've seen that are that story. <laughs> so yeah. that's where you, that's where you get your counseling lesson right. from, huh? What I mean, it's pretty solid, right? I mean, everyone subscribes to Hallmark during Christmas for a reason. No, but in in all seriousness, I think that's a, a way of maybe just considering things differently. Again, like the purpose of this episode of the podcast is to encourage you to just consider things yeah maybe differently or in a, yeah. a from a different angle than you have before these aren't necessarily like if you do this nothing bad will happen they're more of like consider it and pray about it and yeah. see what god might do yeah
1: what about the uh for the person who's lonely yeah um maybe it's a single person or a, a widow yeah. um, who's experiencing christmas right. thanksgiving
0: christmas for the first time yeah With no family. Right. This is where I think the church has an opportunity to really shine. Um, Those that don't necessarily have anybody to spend the holidays with, I I would encourage you—I know this is going to sound weird, but look for somebody in your church family to spend the holidays with. And those of you in the church family that know people looking— Invite them into your home. Yeah. This is a chance to show gospel hospitality to people in a way that feels really natural and normal and not forced. You want to bring them into your home. You want to love on them. You want to just, like, in- encourage the community that develops in something like that. So so one thing that I often say is literally don't be alone. Like, find somebody in the church that you can maybe spend time with. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, with the last one, the other thing I encourage people to do is to serve. Like it, there, there are ways on Christmas Eve and Christmas day, especially people who need to be served. Yeah. And that can be a really great way to not be alone on the holidays. Yeah. And bring some other people along
1: right. um, who might not have family to spend it with. Do that together. Yeah. yeah I think one of the traps we're going to have again is just having that ideal picture of what Christmas is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the way it has to be if I'm going to, enjoy the day and the reality is like there's lots of ways that the holidays can look that can be
0: fulfilling joyful and worshipful right it doesn't need to look like a hallmark christmas movie like that's an unrealistic picture i'm proud of you for saying that (laughs) (laughs) right so so we just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about some of the challenges that come with the holidays and ways in which you could maybe think through or consider them differently. Jeff and I hope you have a great and wonderful Christmas season remembering the birth of Christ and then its ultimate culmination at, at Easter. And I also want to let you know that this will be the last episode that we'll have for a little bit because we're taking a hiatus um, mostly so I can get caught up on editing. <laughs> I'm just going to own that here publicly on the podcast. I literally have hours and hours of editing to do. So uh, we're going to take a little hiatus. I figure if other really famous, well-known podcasts right now can do that. Won't mention any names that we can do that too. Right. That's right. Right. So, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays from the Soul Care Matters podcast. As always, remember to like it, share it, leave some reviews. It is growing, but we would love to see it grow a little bit more. And follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, at CPC Soul Care Matters. Happy Holidays, everyone. You've been listening to the Soul Care Matters podcast, a ministry of College Park Church. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or show topic ideas at soulcarematterspod at gmail.com.